Hey friends, welcome to episode 6 of Dashing Agent, the podcast where I talk to my movie-making friends about making movies in the hope that I will one day gather enough knowledge to maybe, just maybe, make a movie of my own. If movie making is something you're interested in, make sure to subscribe and listen to all of my friends who are much more talented than me, give some great advice while we all struggle to make a career out of this pipe dream. Today I'm sharing my conversation with the amazing Emily Good about getting her foot in the door, running her own video production company, producing her first independent feature film, and telling everyone saying you should be productive during this pandemic to fuck right off. Emily is one of the most knowledgeable people I know in the indie film community. She seems to have an innate understanding for how to make a movie and tell the best possible story, either as a producer, a freelancer, or even as an actress, which we don't get into too much this time, but she's incredible. And it occurred to me while we were talking that Emily and I have only met two times in person, though for some reason, it feels like we've been friends for much longer. The first time was at Penn Brewery about a year ago when Eric Swader brought together all of his film friends from various circles to discuss ways to help improve the Pittsburgh film scene. Amongst those included were me and Eric Rigby, Emily, Anthony Peduzzi, who is name-dropped later on, and Stephanie Trainer and Carl Nyquist, who wrote, directed, produced, and edited The Clearing. If you're interested in hearing some of what that conversation was like, listen to my talk with Swader on episode 3 of the podcast. It's some good stuff. And the second time Emily and I met was just a few months ago, shooting what was supposed to be her only scene in Cobblestone 7. We had so much fun with her and her character that we've since included her as a much bigger role in the episode that... Hopefully, we'll be able to finish at some point this year. So, yeah, without further ado, here's Emily Good. Let's do it. I'm so tired, but I'm so ready. Yeah. How's your quarantine been going so far? It's fine. My girlfriends get really bad allergies in the spring. So she, she snores a lot, mm. which means I don't sleep a lot. So I've like been up while she's sleeping. And then when she leaves for work at like five in the morning, I try to nap for like a couple hours. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So this is my second cup of coffee, so I apologize in advance. I drink about eight cups of tea a day, so that's where I'm at now. Respect. Yeah, thanks. Um, but yeah, so are, so are you working as well? Are you still doing stuff, or are you just kind of chilling at home? I, uh, I'm working on a lot of, like, internal stuff, so, like, making changes to our website. Like, little things like that, but, like, there's no, you know, active jobs or, like, revenue, really coming in right now right it's been fun how are you doing how's the pennsylvania it's very exciting um it is the weather has been dreary as always Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah so tell me a little bit about yourself well reese um my name is emily as as you know hopefully by now i did i did catch on to that yeah good it's good it's a pretty quick tidbit fact about me first name Uh, originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I went to film school in Toronto for a couple of years, uh, came back to Pittsburgh, worked on a bunch of short films, uh, a couple of indie features. I, uh, I co-founded Friendship Creative. So that's, um, my main job right now is, uh, co-founder and creative director of that. And we do video production we do live events. We do websites, anything with media, uh, you name it, we can do it. And that's that's what I've been working on now. That's exciting. How'd you how'd you end up in Toronto? Uh, that's a great question. It, I wish it was a more exciting story. L.A. Uh, I got waitlisted in California when I applied to schools, and I got into Point Park. But I I kind of I didn't want to stay. I'd been in Pittsburgh my whole life, so I thought let's go somewhere else. Uh, and yeah. New York was terrifying to a sixteen year old kid looking at colleges. So I got into film school in Toronto, probably because they needed to fill an international 
uh, like requirement. And uh, I, I went there. I love it. I love Toronto. I miss it all the time. There's more and more buildings going up, which is sad, but I love it. I have great friends there. I visit, you know, every couple months if I can. It's great. Nice. Yeah, I like Toronto a lot. I've only been there twice, I think. But the last time I went was we went to to TIFF, not for the film festival, but because they were doing um, the Stanley Kubrick exhibit. And that was so cool. It's great. We'll have to go sometime. We'll get a caravan going. Yeah, that'd be cool. I have this weird thing where I really don't, I don't know why I feel this way, but I don't want to visit some cities, especially cities with big film festivals, until I have to go because of the film festival. It's like this weird thing that I have. Like, like I have, I've never been to Los Angeles, and I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want to go to LA until like I've got meetings that make me go to LA, or like you know, I don't want to go to Sundance until I'm in Sundance. I don't know why I feel like that. It's kind of like this narcissistic thing I have, but it would be really cool, right? It's like a cool story. There, yeah. I can defend that. What if we went to Toronto and we went to some cool restaurants so that when you get into TIFF, you're like, oh, I know where to eat now. Yeah, well, see, Toronto. since I've already been to Toronto, I feel like I can, yeah, I'll go to Toronto again. Yeah, but yeah, I would, it would be super cool to go because of TIFF, but that's not going to happen anytime soon my first year at school tiff was like amazing and like i saw claire danes and i got an autograph wow and then every year after that it was like fucking taurus get off the sidewalk like i'm late for class and like it was just because i went to to ryerson and they have a theater that they like rent out to tiff so it's i mean it's everywhere we were right downtown so i loved it and then i also hated it because there are just so many people around and i was like you just all right you know ride it out and everyone's yeah. there to see Zac Efron and <laughs> all the cool, like I literally had to fight my way through a crowd of tweens waiting to see Zac Efron to like get to a shoot. Yeah. Well, that's an experience. So that's cool. So you started friendship when you moved back to Pittsburgh. Was that pretty shortly after college? Couple of years. Yeah. So uh, full disclosure, I didn't finish college because I mean. Neither did I. Right. Hey, look at that fellow dropout. Wonderful. Yeah. I only got one year behind me. How long did you stay? Oh, I stayed for like four years. I was like a couple of classes shy, but it was all like gen ed classes. And I was already like getting internships and kind of working and building a resume. I was like, do I want to take this history class? Yeah. Or do I want to just, you know, edit and, and keep these cool internships? So I, I left, uh, came back home, worked at the Apple store for a couple of years uh, before I was able to really like fully uh, be freelance full time. Worked for American Eagle for two years in their corporate store. I was one of their video editors. That's cool. Yeah, it was really fun. I met a lot of cool people. Some people I still hang out with today. My friend Rachel that got me into climbing. That was all because of American nice. Eagle. So I have that to thank for getting me into rock climbing. And uh, after that, then we, we started Friendship Creative. Because um, I knew Alan's my, my business partner. He's the other co-founder. Um, and we had met years before uh, during a 48 with uh, PJ. We were both editors. Oh, he's the editor. As he says, an editor. And we just we kind of became friends because, you know, when you're an editor, you don't really meet a lot of people. It's mostly you and your desk and Adobe Premiere and that. <laughs> yep. So we kind of became friends of like, hey, you do the thing that I do and we can talk about it and people know what we mean. So we, uh, we became friends for that. And then we just decided to kind of build a company from there and uh, build something bigger. We were you know, we uh, were a lot of like middlemen, you know, uh, corporations would hire film companies that would then hire us to edit. And we wanted to have a little bit more of creative control and deal directly with clients because, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's us who are kind of dealing with them directly anyway. 
So we just really wanted to give that uh, full service and then just expand on our services and grow a team and be able to, you know, bring our friends on board when we were able to. And then, uh, so we've been doing that for about two years. Uh, and then COVID hit and, uh, you know, here we are. So it's a little slow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we're doing okay. Um, we're lucky that we had some digital services that we were able to kind of to write out for a bit. So y'all do, I mean, y'all have had some pretty big clients too. Like I've seen y'all have done stuff for like PNC Park and what are some other, what are some other cool projects y'all have worked on? Um, so PNC Park, we do a lot of the um, pirates, like their Jumbotron motion graphics. So when you see like a cannonball fire out that says like, let's go Bucks. Um, the coolest thing that I think I've personally worked on that is pretty timely was we worked with Pennsylvania Department of Health for uh, Ebola training for frontline facilities on how to uh, contain the spread and proper use of, you know, PPE, personal protective equipment. So that's, that's pretty timely now. Yeah, very. Yeah, so I'm glad that we, you know, were able to help roll that out last year because that was a pretty big statewide thing that went out to a lot of um, frontline facilities who didn't have, you know, the resources of, you know, downtown Pittsburgh, downtown Philadelphia, um, but who needed to know what to do in the event of receiving a patient with Ebola. Well, that's pretty cool. So I know that you're, title i was looking at the website today is creative director sure um, is what so what are what are some of your more like day-to-day roles what do you do on on some of these projects i mean do you like edit are you coming up with the concepts what's your whole great question um it really honestly depends on the project and kind of who's who's heading it so um alan and i both have you know different clients that we work with specifically and then we you know work together on a lot we have a partner company that we work with a lot in arizona called white tie productions and they do primarily live events so where they're go-to video team. So it's a lot of answering emails, but it's also editing and then, you know, doing storyboards and outlines and, and planning shoots. Um, it, it really just depends day to day. It's, uh, I guess a blanket term would be just project management and then everything that goes in along with that. So sometimes we're, you know, delegating to other editors or shooters, um, or things like that. We have our friend Sam, who's our web designer. Um, so she does a lot of our web designs for us and we kind of, you know, our liaisons with clients. So we're trying to, you know, they're trying to stay busy and, and do what we can. Have you found that, you know, through, through your freelancing and, and working with your company, have you found that you've gotten any cool opportunities for narrative projects? Is it, has that kind of merged together in any way yet? Yes, a thousand percent. So narrative has always been my personal like goal. Like I would love in 20 years to have a, a film studio and just pump out narrative work and bring in new people with great ideas and just fund independent projects. Uh, you know, but I, I haven't won the lottery yet. So a little bit of a gap in that pipe dream. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've been able to uh, work on a couple of uh, short films uh, with Anthony uh, Paducci. Paducci, I can never... He's great, and I'm yeah. sorry I'm butchering his last name. I think it's Paduzzi, but you were pretty close. Paduzzi? I don't know why I would say Paduch. We just call him, like, <laughs> Tony Pepperoni and, like, weird yeah. names. He has many monikers. I know that. <laughs> he is. He's a man of many names and faces. Uh, Eric Swader, he's great. Um, just going to name drop some local indie people. Yeah, so how did you how did you get involved with those guys then? I, I was always an actor. I've been acting since I was, like, a kid, and I always loved to do it. Um, So when I moved back to Pittsburgh after Toronto, that was one of my big things was, like, I got to get back into acting. So I started taking classes. That's how I met Eric Swader. Um, that's how I met a lot of people. And then from there, it kind of blew into this, like, you know, being involved in the independent film scene and, and meeting cool people and just working on local indie projects. Um, meeting a lot of people. That's how I met uh, Steph Trainer and Carl Nyquist from The Clearing and Cunning Folk Films. They're fantastic. They're brilliant. 
Um, you should definitely call them for indie projects. They're great. We're going to get them on the show one of these days. You have to. They're fantastic. And they'll be a lot more coherent than me and Ramble West. <laughs> and they have a lot more clear, concise thoughts. Uh, but they're great. And and this is going to sound weird, but uh, the Facebook group, there's a lot of great Pittsburgh film and indie Facebook groups, which is where I, I met a lot of people just who were looking for work or looking for, you know, a hand in a project. And I was free that weekend and, and little stuff like that just to go kind of immerse myself in it. Um, so that really helped a lot when I moved back into town. Yeah. Um, I think the first thing that I saw that you were in was, was Peduzzi's Late Night Today with the very same Eric Swader. The brilliant Eric Swader. Your performance in that movie is so good. Oh, thanks, dude. I thought you were so amazing in that. I think the whole thing is really incredible. It's great. Um, Everything was great. Art direction, Shannon, uh, just everyone was, it It didn't feel like a student felt like, it, you know what I mean? It didn't feel like a thesis. Mm-hmm. It felt like a proof of concept. It was really, it was, it was one of the best sets I've ever been on, ever. Everyone was great. Everyone showed up. I did their job. It was super nice. It was super pleasant. I mean, we just, we all really just loved that project. And that I kind of fell into last minute. I don't know if Eric ever told you the story of how I got on board with that. Yeah, I have heard about that. Yeah. And it was just sheer luck. And that's how I've, if I have any advice to anyone trying to get into film, just hope that you're lucky one day. (laughs) Pretty much what it is. It's how I've gotten the best jobs I've ever been on is someone's like oh hey someone dropped out and uh your name came up do you want to do this thing like tomorrow they go okay and it's like the best project in the whole wide world it's wonderful that's how I've gotten two really big uh things that kind of shaped my filmmaking today yeah and I I wouldn't necessarily I mean maybe that one was a little bit lucky but I think just kind of being there and being ready to do whatever on a short notice is is Really the advice you're going for there more than just get lucky. Take every job you can. Take every job you can, you know, if you can. I mean, we've all started where we, like, especially when I came back, uh, just starting to, to get in and reintegrate because I had built up, you know, a resume and, and not a reputation, but, you know, I had made connections in Toronto. So coming back to Pittsburgh, it was a totally clean slate. So I, you know, I had this like resume of stuff I had done, but no one knew me. I didn't know anyone. And it, it was a lot of you know, try to just meet new people and say, hi, my name's Emily. I'm an editor and a filmmaker and I've done these things. Like, love to work with you and hoping that, you know, someone would call and just reaching out, sending a lot of emails, going to a lot of networking events, all that fun stuff. Um, But it it paid off for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's very similar to how I kind of got, you know, into the, the indie film scene here as well. When I moved here, I just, I got on those Facebook groups and somebody wanted or needed a, a PA for, a short film and uh, I just kind of went and hung out didn't really do much PAing because it was just one of those projects it's like I think they just wanted a PA just to have a PA and so I did that and that's where I met uh, my friend Zach Hoy who he got me the job on Mindhunter and it kind of just from there like making my own projects and meeting somebody new from one project that would get me to another one or I would bring over and just kind of has slowly built up sort of my circle of people that I know and like and hang out with now. So it's been a slow process, but you know, it's a, it's a good way to do it. Just kind of wedge yourself into things that it's great. It's a great way to meet people. It's a great way to socialize. I mean, the, my thought or my, I guess, kind of way of thinking about it was always that, you know, I love doing this and I, I would do it for free and I have done it for free. Um, and thankfully now I'm to a point where I can say I've got all this experience, so I can't really do it for free. Um, but definitely starting out, I mean, I took 
every every job I could, and they were not always great. They were sometimes a little sketchy, sometimes a little weird. It wasn't the best material, but you just you know head down, power through, um, and just know that the the next stuff is is getting better and better. Yeah, for sure. I mean, from my experience, it's been all about the people more so than the projects. It's always good just to to make those personal connections. I think that's uh, more beneficial than to you know, try to get on a movie because uh, it's got a big cast or whatever, you know, like it's just. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. And I think Pittsburgh is unique in that way that we're competitive to an extent, but not nearly as competitive as, you know, Los Angeles or New York um, or some of those, you know, bigger hubs, Atlanta. Um, Pittsburgh's got a really nice, friendly kind of, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Um, and if you're if you're a nice person and, you know, you're good at what you do, People will hire you. People will call you back. Um, one of the reasons that we started Friendship Creative was to be able to bring our friends on board. You know, when we grew big enough was to be able to bring those freelancers that we love working with and say, hey, I'm able to get you some work. So that was something that was really important to us. It's been great to be able to, um, you know, hire our friends who are good at what they do, because there are a lot of really good people in Pittsburgh who, you know, maybe don't get the work that they deserve. Um, so we really tried to to help out with that. Yeah, nice. I, I saw y'all have what, like uh, in total, you have about a, a crew of six. Is that about right? Yeah, and it fluctuates um, from project to project. Um, sure. our, our bench of freelancers runs pretty deep. We're pretty proud of being able to to call people. I have a couple people on deck. So if you know someone's booked that weekend and can't make a shoot, we can call two other people and have them lined up and ready to go and know what gear they can bring and, and all that stuff. So it's just good to have connections to know who we can call you know when we need. Yeah, that's super cool. I've been do, trying to do something similar, but it's really frustrating because a lot of the people that I really like to work with have a way of moving to Los Angeles and New York really quickly after I start working with them. Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, I went to LA for a, a summer when I was like 16 to, to do some acting stuff, and it was uh, very eye-opening. How did uh, you get involved producing The Clearing? How did that happen? Oh, um, yeah. they, so Steph trainer had posted on the, one of the Pittsburgh Facebook groups, um, looking for, I believe PAs, I forget the exact post, but they were looking for some crew members. And I sent her a message and I said, Hey, are you looking for anything in, in post? You know, cause I, I would love to get back into narrative editing is I love it so much. And I do it so little, like mostly what I do is, you know, a lot of commercial stuff. Um, so to get like a, a narrative script in front of you is like, oh, it's heaven to be able to take that and, and cut it together and make it a story, make it a movie. So um, I responded and she said, you know, no, we, you know, they had an editor, Carl was going to cut it, but they were looking for a VFX. So I met with them, we talked about VFX, I get to read the script and I just loved the project. Um, just what they were doing with it, what they planned to do, how they wanted to shoot it. Um, if you check the trailer, I mean, it's it's gorgeous. And the story was really good and everything was there and I really liked these people. And it just, it was one of the coolest projects. And so I, I messaged them again and I said, listen, even if you don't you know want me to do your VFX, that's fine, but like, please let me in, be involved in this project in any way that you can because I love it so much. And I still believe it's one of the best independent films to come out of Pittsburgh and we're still in post-production and I hold that firm. Um, and so that's how I really got involved. And they were kind of new-ish to the Pittsburgh film scene. They weren't um, as immersed as I was. So they asked if I wanted to come on as a co-producer to kind of help crew and to help, um, you know, bring in 
people to to work on it. So that's how I got involved and became a, a co-producer. It's just I love the script. I asked what I could do and they they gave me some stuff to do. It was great. So it was cool being able to, you know, all those connections and all those friends that I had made over the years to be able to be like, hey, I have a cool project to work on. Um, and, you know, we had a, a limited budget, but we were able to um, pay people, which was really important and really cool. So I was able to, you know, call those friends and say, hey, remember when, you know, you guys brought me on and kind of did me that favor? Like, I have a, you know, I can pay you back. And it was it was great. And we had a really great crew. It was really fun to shoot. Went really well. Um, the weather mostly cooperated, uh, but it was it was fantastic. Uh, Sweeter came up for a couple of days. He was great. Everyone on that project was great. I, I can't say enough good things about it. So we're we're finishing up post for that. Uh, Carl's editing right now. He's doing a fantastic job. Um, we've got rough cuts out, and they're they're great. Um, it's we got a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's great because that's always the scary part too when you go and you shoot it. And then you get an assembly and then you get the rough cut and you watch it. And that's a really big moment because I've worked on a lot of projects where you watch it and you go, oh, shit, we don't have a movie. Mm -hmm. And you have to reshoot some of it or lose half of it. Or you take what was going to be a 45 minute film and make it, you know, 15 minute web series or something like that. So it was really, really a good feeling to be able to, to watch it and talk to them. And for us all to be like, no, we have a movie. Like, we've done it it's great and we're really really proud of it and where it's going and how it looks and how it's shaping up so we will definitely keep you guys uh in the loop as to what's going on with it yeah that's super exciting so you helped bring some people onto the project were there what else kind of roles did you take on as producer did you help uh get some financing for it some budget stuff just kind of everything it was so it was mostly already financed so um steph and carl had kind of a savings that they really wanted to finance with um believe they did a little bit of, of crowdfunding um but that's I mean, it's so hard to crowdfund. Yeah. Um, so they really just kind of mostly out of pocket just made it. Um, and they're talking now to uh, a couple of distributors and kind of testing the waters and, and seeing that uh, we'd love for it to go to some festivals. We really would. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's about getting the movie out there and getting it seen. So that's really what we're, we're trying to do now as we, you know, focus on post and, and kind of getting uh, towards that, that fine cut. For sure. Yeah, that's super exciting. Sorry, you had asked me about roles. Um, yeah, what, what else did you do? What, what was When did y'all shoot? Was that last summer or was it? Yeah, was it was last summer. So we had planned to shoot in November. And then our lead actor who we were, our actress who we were flying in um, from overseas uh, didn't, didn't make the flight and a, a whole bunch of things happened. And so we ended up recasting um, and pushing it back to the summer. So what was supposed to be in the fall now got pushed back to the spring, which honestly I think worked out for the best. It was kind of a, a blessing in disguise. Um, our new lead is, she's fantastic. She's brilliant. She's so, so good. Um, and it really just, it gave us more time to prepare, you know, cause we had everything pretty much ready to go. And there was that, you know, all that tension building up. And then we got to take a breath, regroup, reassess, um, you know, fine tune the script a little bit more and go back. Um, plan everything. So I think it worked out really well. We shot in uh, Erie, PA in Edinburgh um, and a couple of pickups um, in Pittsburgh. And it was just great. It was a blast. We had just a small crew, but just big enough. It was fantastic. So for me as a producer, it was really important to um, make sure everyone was okay. So Steph was directing, Carl is the other producer. Um, he's also editor, uh, John was shooting. So they pretty much had run of like, you know, uh, 
scheduling and all that. Ryan, our AD, was fantastic. So they were really in charge of, you know, getting everything together and planning it and uh, scoping it out because it was a it was a tricky shoot with, you know, days and nights and the, the lighting. It was, it was kind of tough because um, we squeezed everything into, uh, it was like, what, five days a week? I don't even think it was a week. I think it was like five days. Really? Y'all sh- that's it? Yeah, that we shot like a bulk of it in. I want to say that's crazy, but I want to say it was not a lot of time. We, we really crammed a lot in. Um, wow. and then I said, we did some pickups later on and, and things like that. Um, but it was, it was a lot to get in. So they really, you know, tried to make everything concise and as efficient as possible. And I felt that, you know, my job was to make sure everybody was taken care of, that everybody had enough sleep, that everybody was getting enough food to eat. Um, I try to make, you know, terrible jokes when there's a lull to try to keep everybody happy just because we were moving so quickly and we were doing, you know, so many pages and and it was just a lot and long hours. So I really just tried to make sure that everybody was okay. You know, do you have bug spray? Do you have water? What do you need? Do you need batteries? So I was running around. I was going and filling the gas can up for the Jenny a lot, um, making grocery runs, you know, stuff like that. That was my kind of day-to-day role on set was like, what do you need? Yeah, I'll do it. So you're like, you're like the, uh, the PA producer. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. What do you need? Let me go take care of it for you. That's a good role. That's kind of what I've only produced one project that wasn't my own thing. That was kind of my thing too, aside from doing all the schedules. And I was also kind of the AD. My big role while we were shooting was just doing whatever anyone needed. I like ran around a lot, did crafty. It was great. Um, I had a lot of fun. It it was pretty fulfilling doing it, but it it did feel like I was, uh, I was well prepared for that after working on season one of Mindhunter, so. Yeah, Mindhunter will get you up and running. Every set needs that person who's just kind of dedicated to get the thing done, you know? Yeah, no, you need it. And it, it was really, really nice to not be um, the only producer. Like I said, staff trainer, who is the writer, producer, director, was on set. Carl, who is the producer, writer, editor, was also on set. So, you know, between the three of us, it was really easy to be like, you know, your day-to-day job is it like you focus on this. Um, yeah. I feel like a lot of times what happens with a small crew is everyone's got too many different hats. So mm. no one's really manning the ship or kind of, you know, taking care of everything. So I think it was really important to us that we kind of delegate, like, you know, you go worry about this. Um, so we told Steph, you know, you go worry about acting and the directing, like go worry about the actors, worry about your scenes, go plan them out with the DP. You focus on that. Like Carl and I will take care of everything else. Um, and we did, and it was great, and it really worked out well. And I misspoke earlier. I am looking at my calendar, and it was like nine days. Okay, all right. Well, that's still crazy impressive. I mean, we we shot my first web series, Half Bath, which in entirety is only about thirty five minutes. Which is great, by the way. I never complimented you on that, and a brilliant title. It's so good. It's a great title. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, that we shot that for nine days, but. I mean, man, a feature in nine days. That's crazy. So what was y'all's like page count every day? It it it, uh, it varied. The nice thing about it is there wasn't, uh, there were a lot of days that were not dialogue heavy. So we were able to really focus on like the action scenes and to kind of move through those pretty quickly with, uh, you know, a couple of takes. Um, the things that took the longest were setups. We had some special rigs that we had to build and set up and things like that. Art direction. There were some kind of big setups that we had to do for that. Um, so those, I think, were probably the, the, the took the biggest time, the most time. But we, we just moved pretty quickly. And we really focused on being in 
you know, Edinburgh and saying, you know, while we're here, get everything that's here and anything that doesn't need to be at this location, it can wait until later. Um, so there were some kind of one-off scenes that were, um, you know, interior, a couple of pages that we could really shoot anywhere that weren't location specific. So while we were there in the woods, you know, everything that's in the woods. Um, so that was kind of neat to be able to, to plot it out, um, you know, location-wise and really just focus on what do we need to get today? What can be moved, moving stuff around for people's schedules? I know we had some actors drive up in like the middle of the night from Pittsburgh because they had conflicting things. And so it was just, um, and we were really fortunate too to have a lot of crew and cast who were willing to be so flexible with us, who were willing to say, yeah, I can take this day off from my job, you know, and come up for the night and things like that. So we were really fortunate to just have great cast, great crew. It just kind of fell into place. It was really, it was great. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's so cool that y'all were able to pay people too. Like that's such a big thing with these indie projects is that probably you would be able to make the movie without paying people because we have a pretty good community where people want to be involved with things like that. And especially with features, everyone just wants to make a feature. Um, but I always think it's important to, try to pay people if you can even if it's not much just to you know you got to kind of put that back into into the community if you want to get something good out of it so absolutely and it was uh it was tough i know before i'd even come on Stephen carl had had decided that you know they wanted to do what they could to try to you know pay people that they didn't expect people to come and work you know for 10 days in the middle of the woods for free um but they were they were really great about you know making sure everyone felt compensated in one way or another you know yeah so it was a micro 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 budget but it was enough that you know we we could afford to to thank people for their work and make sure that they were you know compensated for the the great work that they did that's really cool though yeah i mean i yeah i think it's super important just to just to pay people like i think that's my big thing too is like if i have if even if i were to have uh, a minuscule budget of 10 or fifteen thousand dollars to make a movie you know, I would just put all of that into paying my crew of five people, you know, because that's that's what the biggest thing I've learned from Cobblestone is that you don't need much to make a movie. You can get away with a lot of stuff with just a camera and a tripod. But... Yeah, I found audiences will forgive uh, bad. They'll forgive bad lighting. They will forgive, you know, bad cuts. They will not forgive bad audio. They will not forgive bad performances and they will not forgive bad stories. So if you have those three things, your edit can be, you know, maybe a little slow or not as as tight as you need it to be. And, you know, your lighting, you can get away with, you know, uh, an LED light and a bounce. But if your audio is bad, if your performance is bad, if your story is bad, the movie's bad. Well, that's my dream is someday I want to direct something where I'm not also running sound. So Yeah. (laughs) I feel like sound is very, it's a whole different world because, you know, you can rent a camera. Mm -hmm. The DP doesn't need to own the camera, so you don't need to pay a kit fee. But for sound specifically, they've got so much gear that that's, you know, you pay for their time, you pay for their experience, but also you pay for their equipment. You have to have it. You know, I don't have six wireless labs and a boom at the ready that I can go with my eight-track recorder. You know, we have our, what, our Zoom H6N and a couple of mics. There's an art to sound because it is so, because it's unforgivable if you have bad audio. Like people instantly just go, ugh, and tune out. Where I've seen people watch like really poorly shot things, but it, it doesn't bother them. But the yeah. audio, if it's bad, if it's crunchy, they just, ugh, and they turn it off. Sound undervalued. We appreciate you, sound. 
We love you. You do. Yeah, I can't afford you, but I appreciate you. I salute you. Was this kind of like your first big producing thing that wasn't of your own creation? Yes, this was the first um, indie feature that I had ever produced. So anything else I had produced was a lot smaller um, on a smaller scale. Um, even I worked on another indie feature that had you know my name as a as a co-producer, but really I was you know more of an actor and I had very little to do with the producing of it. So this was my first real big film um, to produce. So it was a lot of reaching out to other friends who had you know produced indie features before and being like, hey, what do I need to look out for? Um, and just trying to you know contact people who I knew had done it and get any advice that they had. And what, what was some good advice that you got that you can share with me? I will share uh, this advice. Um, you know, work on your budget. It was really important to try to work on it as much as you can um, before you get there um, and have an accidental fee, have an overhead. So a lot, um, if you're familiar with House Hunters, a lot like House Hunters, have a budget in mind, but be prepared to have, you know, that little auxiliary fund to have to go over a little bit. Um, so we really tried to plan for, you know, bare minimum, like this is our budget, but also we have this contingency plan should we need it. Um, weather was another thing, you know, plan for weather, you know, on the day being there, making sure everything's being taken care of, making sure everyone is where they're supposed to be, you know, calling places to double check. Hey, we're going to be filming here, you know, next week. I just want to confirm these are the times that we're going to be here and you guys are going to close off this room for us and, you know, stuff like that. A lot of confirming and, and paperwork and, and things. Producing is a lot of pre-production that's not very exciting, but necessary. And then production when it's like pretty exciting and then post when it's more paperwork and more nitty gritty stuff. Ugh, I hate paperwork. I know. That's the worst. Maybe mm. produce less. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of paperwork. It's necessary. You need that, right? I, if I were a freelancer coming on to an indie feature, you know, I want that piece of paper that says, here's my day rate. Here's how many days you're on for, you know, unless we, you know, ask you to leave early. So it was it was good to be able to get, um, you know, just writing contracts and, and getting into all that super fun stuff. Well, that's very cool. So do you think you're going to produce any other indie features coming up? It depends. I For me, I think it's more about the project. I, I haven't been presented with anything uh, yet as of indie features. Indie features are, are hard to, to come by. I feel like there's a lot of them that kind of get made very hush-hush. Or they're, you know, a bigger production, but there's, you know, maybe less budget or, you know, there's, it's hard to find that perfect project. Um, like I said, I wasn't coming into this looking to be a producer. It was just, I loved this project and I wanted to be a part of it any way I could. And this is what they needed and where I was able to kind of step in and help out. So if there's another project that pops up like that, if you have an indie feature that you're making that you would like some help with in any capacity, you know, I would love to work with you. Hell yeah, I will. I will, because I'm still working on this script, but I've got nothing but time now. Woo. Um, I just need more Just need more motivation, I think. Co, <laughs> can we talk about COVID for a second? Yeah, yeah. Not too much, though, because everyone's fucking depressed. I, it's sad. I Honestly, the only thing that's getting me through COVID are uh, movies, TV, you know, the little bit of paperwork I'm doing, and uh, other podcasts. So it's, it's been kind of nice to just, you know, focus on growing the business a little bit and, you know, rewriting some stuff and working on our website and, and our Instagram and hanging out with our animals. And it's been nice. Yeah, it is nice for sure. I mean, it's it's scary and stuff, and I, I get it. I, the only thing that I wish 
because I totally feel you. I've I've been very good at just taking a break during this time. I've been watching a lot of X Files and you know rewatching some of my favorite movies, which has been fun. But I'm having a really tough time being creative, which kind of sucks. I no, it doesn't suck. Let me tell you something. Fuck it. If I hear one more fucking person say, check this time to be creative. No. I, I don't mean that, though. I, I hate it. I hate it so much. I, so I don't. I know I, it's a very punk rock, anti, uh, you know, establishment kind of like tell me to do something. No, fuck you. But also fuck you. Like, no. <laughs> If, if you're going to be creative, you know, be creative. But if you want to fucking be depressed and sit in sweatpants and kind of watch the world burn for a couple of days, it's okay to do that. Yeah, no, I get you. I'm definitely not coming at it from like a productivity thing. Like, oh, I'm not getting enough stuff done and blah, blah, blah. It's like, uh, I'll be, you know, t- oh, today I want to work on my feet or my script. And then I'll sit down and I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I just physically can't. And so that's been frustrating because I, I am like not a very productive person. Um, I, I procrastinate a lot. I struggle to get the things done that I know I need to get done. But with this, it's like, I want to get this done and I still can't do it. But I, I appreciate what you've said because it's I need to stop being so hard on myself and just let myself uh, watch more X-Files. So, so Absolutely. And creativity comes from that. Like I, the best inspiration I have is when I'm like doing something totally different and I'll be like, oh, that's funny. Oh, hey, that would make a cool like sketch idea. Or I'll like, you know, write a little thing or, oh, that's a funny song. And I'll, you know, write something. It's just, I don't think people need to capitalize on this. I think you can just kind of be okay, right? Like this is terrifying. Yeah, it's really scary. And like, you know, I, my girlfriend's a, a healthcare worker. She's a pediatrician. And it's oh, wow. fucking scary. Yeah. And, you know, thankfully, they're, you know, she's she's okay. And they're, you know, taking a lot of precautions, but it's, it's still really scary. So in the midst of, you know, freaking out, and I have relatives in Italy who were, you know, very terrified and, and seeing what they're having to go through and, you know, being here and having, you know, parents who are kind of older, you know, maybe today is not the day that I want to write a fucking comedy sketch. Like, yeah. you know, it's, I think it's okay for us to just kind of take a minute and process it. I will be a little depressed. I will be a little sad. And then I'll, you know, look for the helpers, like Mr. Rogers said, and we'll all get through it. Absolutely. And I've definitely gained at least five pounds already. So that's something good, too. Well, um, plug some stuff. Tell us where to where to find you, where to watch some stuff. Oh, man. Uh, please check out, you know, friendshipcreative.com, which is our website. We've got some new reels coming. We've got some cool stuff on there. You can check out our work, our portfolio pieces that we're currently updating now that we have some time to go in and update <laughs> them. Uh, check out The Clearing, theclearingfilm.net or The Clearing Film Facebook page, our Instagram. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff there. Uh, we're getting together some more little video clips to put out to promote it uh, as we go through posts. It's very exciting. And uh, I think that's it. I think those are the two big, those are my plugs. And look out for Emily as uh, Detective Emily in Cobblestone 7. Yeah. Woo. That yeah. was a really fun shoot. That was great. Thank you for having me. That was so much fun. And I'm really excited to uh, someday eventually shoot some more of that episode with you because it'll be a good one. I am down for anything you need. It was great working with you. Uh, 12 out of 10 would do again. Ooh, wow. That's a good that's a good rating. Thank you so much. Big endorsement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll give Rosie and Puddles uh, a scratch for me. And uh, we'll do. Yeah. And thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Reese.
All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. Make sure to follow Emily, Friendship Creative, and The Clearing on all of your social media platforms. And if you, too, are an aspiring filmmaker or just a student of cinema in general, please subscribe to Dash and Agent to keep up to date on all of my crazy antics. Well, that's it for me. I'll see you all in a few weeks. Stay safe. Love you.